Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 82 of the Dave Damashek Football Program, available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Seated to my immediate right, but he's not going to be joining me in Canton, Ohio, in uh, th- this weekend. And I'm sad to, to say that. Drop him a line. Give him a pick-me-up. At Adam Rank on the Twitter from uh, NFL.com and uh, NFL Network. What's the poop there, fellow? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. I am a little verklempt that I'm not going to go to yeah. Canada. I think outside- we had a great time a year ago where we met Marcus Allen. We sat yeah. with him. He gave us half hour, 40 minutes probably. Oh, yeah, we we yapped at great length. And uh, so we'll check in. Maybe this could be our annual thing. We check in with Marcus once a year. I like that idea. I would like to, hopefully next year, if, if I'm not going to go for work, I'm going to start going on vacation. I encourage anybody who's a football fan, if you get a chance to go, it's a real fun event. I think outside of Tommy McDonald, the uh, Hall of Famer for the Philadelphia Eagles and Los Angeles Rams. Nobody likes the city of Canton more than I do. And so uh, I'm bummed that I'm, I'm happy you're going. I think you'll have a great time. Uh, bummed not to be there. But, you know, if you get a chance, check it out. It's worthwhile. A lot of uh, I expect it to be overrun by uh, fans of, um, of Pittsburgh be- football because you have Dermani Doss and right. the Steelers. There is now off the, I'm, tr- I'm doing this off the top of my head. So Curtis forgive Martin's going to be there. Curtis Martin uh, went to Pitt. Um, Cortez Kennedy Cortez has Kennedy. no Pittsburgh uh, tie-ins. Who am I forgetting? I can't believe this. What it's a, actually, you know what? It's what it, a humiliation that I can't think of this. You know, if there was a, a year I was going to miss with a class where I'm like, kind of like, man, you know, this would probably be the one. It's uh, a decent, but there's guys that you're just kind of, all right, like, I guess, you know, he's in. Dolman's going in. Dermani Dawson's good. Uh, Willie Rolf. Dolman. Dolman went to Pitt. Right. Willie Rove. You know, good good guy, I, I guess, but not like a real – like next year if Chris Carter goes, like it'll be a big thing and it'll be a big event. It is – that's – let's talk about that quickly. I mean, because, of course, you have to discuss the guys who belong in there that aren't there and should be getting a gold jacket. To me, Chris Carter, 
is is absolute. I mean, he's we know he's going into the Hall of Fame, and we know that's true of Jerome Bettis too. Well, What's I don't the know about Jerome. Up? I don't want to hear about. You don't know about Jerome Bettis if he's going into the Hall of Fame. I don't know why he would go. Like because he ranks among he had, the all-time leaders in rushing yards. What are you talking about? I remember he had a couple good years, and then he disappeared. He is the best. He is the best big back, or at least the most durable big back, I'm opposed to Jim Brown. Oh, where I didn't. I, I don't know you that. You don't I count consider him a big back? What well, about what about Marion Motley? Or is he too far back for Too me? far back for my taste. But okay. you know, Earl Campbell was more dominant, but Earl Campbell had a window of about four years. So it's Jerome it, Bettis did it year after year. He okay. Well no, that this would be this would go back to I mean your, the career oh, numbers no, no. are this it. Would, you this know, would, that's this it. Would, well this would go back to your Mario Lemieux argument versus Wayne Gretzky. Jerome Bettis was healthier, but he wasn't better than Earl Campbell. I'm not suggesting he, he was better than Earl Campbell. I am saying, a, though, he's certainly going to the Hall of Fame. That's, I mean, uh, well, he's I, on TV, so he's probably going to go eventually. He's, he's, on, he's he on TV. Him, he keeps himself in the limelight, so that helps <laughs> him. Look, that, that's the someone, reason. That's, someone's argumentative today, I that, see. Not, someone wants to just uh, wants to be devil's advocate. No, but I You mean, don't like, think Jerome Bettis is going into the Hall of Fame eventually? I, Frank, wake up. If you ask me if he deserves to go in or if he's going in, to me that's two different conversations. Point is, but the process reason- is 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 warped somehow yes. that that Kurt, Chris Carter did not go in the first time his name came up. So, mm. all right, so I'm looking forward to that trip um, coming up here real quick before we get to Marcus Allen. Something that we've been remiss in doing, I, I you know, same as last year. Mm-hmm. In these economically trying times, especially, you can't. You, just because you're a fan of a team doesn't mean you go out and can buy 120 jerseys of the of the players you enjoy from that team. You can't do it. You gotta maybe a target one, and that's the one jersey you get today. I said we should do the Raiders, really, Black Tie, because uh, Marcus Allen. But you want to do the Redskins so bad. I want to do the Raiders. You want to do the Redskins. I right? listen. No, I want because you know we're not doing a show just for the Raiders Nation. We're doing it for football fans across the globe. And um, so the Redskins. Let's talk about the we Redskins. We promised the Redskins. Yeah, we talked about the Redskins already. Do you have anybody ranked that jumps to mind? The one jersey. From Washington Redskins history that you think is the one to own. We've already said for the Dolphins, I say it's Jake Scott, the guy who wore number 13 before Dan Marino did. No slouch himself, Jake Scott, the Super Bowl MVP and Super Bowl seven for his two picks there. Um, the only one I didn't like about that one, and I, Jake Scott's a great pick, is that people will think it's a customized jersey. And if that bothers you, it or does. Not. Yes, you're walking around 13, like, oh, like, like oh you're a Marino. You're, oh, Scott, Scotty, you were a big fan of Danny Marino, right? Yeah, makes like you that. seem childish, but all right. But it was funny when we were talking about the Jets jerseys down. I threw out Joe Namath. I also threw out John Riggins, who I, who would obviously make sense here with with the Redskins. It's not just saying who the best player was no, from no, a no, franchise, but, like a but cool Namath one. is cool. Namath, Namath is, is cool. you know guy running around Manhattan, not hiding the fact that he was uh, you know trying to lay down with as many women as he possibly could. Cool guy back in the late 60s. Yeah, I think uh, Riggins would be a pretty cool one. Like, that's that's a cool jersey. He was a good player. The Redskins have done the fans. Are you saying Riggins for the Redskins? Riggins for the Redskins. You would probably, there's going to, they do a great job of celebrating the offensive line in Washington, D.C. And if you're going to pick one, whether it's Mark May or Jim Lachey, Russ Grimm, because it says Grimm on the back. Nice, yeah. I think that's a good one. If you want a serious one, Daryl Green is a decent one. Nice like, 28. You know, that's, sure. a, that's a one that's going to be a classic. I also like it if we're going to do a joke one, if you want to make a statement and want to do something funny and ironic, 
Uh, Dexter Manley. I lo- that's not a joke one. Dexter Manley. No, no, but you misspell the last name just because he's illiterate. Oh, you. Too much? Stinker, you. Too soon? Not nice. Uh, not, I'll tell no, you what it I'm... isn't. It's not nice. And I'll tell you what you are. Jerk! Ow! It's not nice at all. You know what? Just like it wasn't nice when Dexter Manley unfairly ran around the uh, ran around the tackle trying to block Finally. him. And, uh, and, Want and, me to steal this one? Nope. Can I come in and he steal? sacked Dieter Brock. There you go. The Brock drop for episode number 82 here. Damashek uh, back on the board. We I wouldn't step on reference. your setup like that. Thank you. Well reference done. him or get you. Yeah, it would be wrong. It, it would be, be unethical. Wrong thing. Yes, I'm we glad. try to reference uh, Dieter Brock at least once a show here organically, and I get the point on that one. Boom. Dan of Thunder. Count it. Okay, Art Monk, number 81, is a, a nice number to own there. Plus, it's a nice uh, sort of thing for a Redskins fan to support a guy who you probably can make a good case belongs in the Hall of Fame. And so so you're trying to carry the torch for Art Monk. I agree with you about Daryl Green. Sonny Jurgison, a man who enjoyed a party or two in his day, is of pretty course. cool. I think Kilmer. Even though they lost, even though they didn't win Super Bowl Seven, Mike Bass, number 41, who picks Ooh. up Gary Upremian's uh, Aaron Throw and runs it in. I don't know why that one sort of appeals to me. Joe Theismann, though, number seven. That's it to me. You know, he's the guy. I know that Mark Rippon wins a Super Bowl. Doug Williams is a cool one, too. J- Doug Williams, 12. I think if you rank him, he goes, of their Super Bowl champions mm-hmm. okay, at QB, you go Theismann, one. Williams two, ripping a distant three. Williams wears seventeen, right? Doug Williams. Oh, I was thinking twelve. Yeah, he, he might be right. With, seventeen. He, he wore right. twelve with the uh, Buccaneers. All right. So, um, interestingly, none of those guys in the Hall of Fame. All good players. Joe Theismann not in the Hall, and yet Joe Gibbs, the man who is in the Hall of Fame, three Super Bowls. History is. I feel like starting to forget. Those Redskin teams and Joe Gibbs in particular because of his second go-around with the Redskins, not as successful. But let's remember, that's a pretty impressive deed by a head coach. Three Super Bowls, three separate quarterbacks in each of those runs. Yeah, because you always think of these quarterbacks and the guy and the coach that he played with. Yep. All right, so listen, here we go in front of uh, heading out to Canton. Let's, uh, let's talk with a bona fide legend, shall we? All right, Rank, here he is. It's Hall of Fame weekend, so who better to yap with than one of the all-time great runners in NFL history? He is uh, He's the author of uh, a new book, the Pro Football Hall of Fame 50th Anniversary Book. Well, perhaps he didn't actually pen he, it himself. He did, no, he but did all three. He's in there. Credit, he's in it. His <laughs> picture and stuff is I, in there. I would have loved to have authored this book. <laughs> Heisman Trophy winner, Marcus Allen. What's, uh, what's the haps there, fella? Well, just guy, it's it's their 50th anniversary of the uh, of the Hall of Fame, so we have an outstanding book out that I'm promoting, guys. And I want everybody to, if they get a chance, to uh, certainly take a look at it. It's, um, I mean, from the inception of the game, it's just amazing. You know, the Hall of Fame opened up in 1963, and and my uh, my uh, former owner Lamar Hunt uh, was one of the first inductees. So uh, that certainly uh, is something that I look at and. But it you know goes decade by decade, um, quotes from some great players, never be uh, seen before pictures. It, it's just it's it's special. 
Well, uh, the first question I have for you, Marcus, is, uh, you know, I'm going to be in Canton this weekend. Can I borrow the gold jacket for a little while? I just want to see what <laughs> what sort of uh, what 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 sort of doors swing open for me if I walk around in that. And do you think people would realize would could I pass myself off as a former uh, NFL player? Uh, I don't you know, I don't know. You know, I uh, I'm, I'm not sure, Dave. Um you should see me it's throw it's a ball. It's I can it's really it's sling it. Up. I don't know if you are. Are you a 44 long because it may fit or maybe not? I'm not quite sure. I'll squeeze into it, Marcus. I can squeeze <laughs> into it. Oh, Marcus, I love this book. I'm a big fan of the Hall of Fame. You know one thing I'm not a big fan of? And I don't want to get I don't want to get off on a, on a bad foot. Here I, we go. It's I love that the book is the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Let's call it what it is. It's an NFL Hall of Fame because if this was a professional football Hall of Fame, Damon Allen would be in there. Where are we you with that? What? I agree with you. And we're going to have to do something about that. And another, you know, not only my brother, all right, I'd like to recognize Tom Flores as well. Oh, for sure. Him? Now, I... let's, let's talk about this for one second, all right? The first Mexican quarterback mm-hmm. to play football. The first Mexican head coach. Then they win two Super Bowls, the first Mexican GM, and the first Mexican president of a team. All right, a compelling case you make, Marcus Allen. But well, that's what other, are you serious? Come on now. What other, coach, well, what other coach has won two Super Bowls and is not in the Hall of Fame? I don't He's know. He's the is only one. He's the only one. And Jim Plunkett is the only quarterback who's won well, two Super Bowls. Well, that's the one. That's what I was just going to ask you there. Of course, when you when you start having the Hall of Fame discussions, the thing that you have to discuss is who isn't in there and who deserves to be in there. Yes, Jim Plunkett, it's weird. I have said, you know, since the since uh, 30 seconds after Ben Roethlisberger um, led the Steelers to the win over the Cardinals, I declared, well, he's in the Hall of Fame. As long as he plays for another five years, he's going to the Hall of Fame by definition. Two rings as the starting QB equals the the, the uh, gold jacket, except for Jim Jim Plunkett. How do you make sense of that? Well, guys, that's that's the big, you know, to me, now the question here, what is the criteria? You know, is it is it Hall of Fame? I mean, is it uh, Super Bowl rings, or is it you know, individual stats that you put up, or is it a combination of both? You know, I, you know, we feel like you know the system is flawed. I mean, we feel like that we should be a part of it. It should be uh, open. It should be transparent. It should be the players should have a vote, and we don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's and you so know I don't necessarily agree to because I think. It, you know, it, it's not clear to us what the criteria is because if, if if Super Bowls are the criteria, then Jim Plunkett should be in, Tom Floyd should be in. If uh, it's not, tell us tell us what the criteria is then. Agreed, and I guess it's going to it's going to change. I, I you know I guess there can't be minimum standards for you know career yards or you know or rings or or something like that, or maybe there should be. But I feel like you hear a lot with when it comes to. Uh, the major uh, to major league baseball's hall of fame you you, you they're guys like from uh, you know a couple generations ago guys like steve garvey guys like that are just probably not going to get into the hall of fame anytime soon because their numbers are now dwarfed by the genera- you know you can talk about uh, steroids and everything else and what that did to the numbers in baseball and the way it warped things and and marginalizes the numbers put up by those guys that played in the 70s and 80s in the nfl because it's now a quarterback league, so-called, and uh, you know, the, and most of these teams are throwing the ball all the time. 
there are guys like Drew Pearson that are probably never going to get in. Do you find that crazy? I mean, who who are the names? Uh, you know, Art Monk, uh, uh, you know, Jerome Bettis, Chris Carter. Who's out there right now that you think, aside from uh, the former Raiders that we've been talking about here, that belong uh, who deserve their gold jacket right away? Well- well, I mean, we just had a conversation about wide receivers. We're talking about Tim Brown. We're talking about Andre Reed. We're talking about Chris Carter, all mm-hmm. those guys. But you, you brought up an interesting fact when you mentioned receivers of the past. Now, we look at Lynn Swan, who I think um, had maybe three hundred, close to 300 receptions or something like that. But during that period of time, they only threw it an average of 15 times a game. That's right. And now mm-hmm. they throw it an average of almost 45, perhaps, you know? So, yeah, I, but should we penalize him for being – I mean, even though when the ball was up in the air, he, he, he wouldn't got it. He made some incredible catches. He did it at Super Bowl times. He did it during playoff times. I mean, those are times when legends are born, you know. Um, and, I mean, uh, heroes are born and legends never die, basically during the playoff times and during Super Bowls. So, I mean, we didn't penalize him. So, I mean, we, we, we have to obviously look at – um, the game and how it's evolved. And, and, of course, if a guy catches 500 passes a day, uh, it's different because they're throwing it, you know, uh, you know, 50 times a game. And it's always one of those things where you have to compare somebody to his peers. It's not fair to take somebody like Drew Pearson and compare him against Greg Jennings, for instance, because Absolutely. the game is different. You've got to compare him to his peers. And I think I'm going to go back to what you said about Tom Flores is, any era with any whatever records are going out, winning two Super Bowls as a head coach is winning two Super Bowls as a head coach. Is it an anti-Raiders bias? Because it's the only thing, when it comes to Tom Floyd, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. No, I don't think there is. I, I just don't uh, understand the voting, and I think that uh, people haven't given Tom his due. That's just my analysis of it. Uh, I don't think there's a bias. Um, at one point, I thought there was a Steeler bias because they had too many Steelers. Those are some of the conversations or some of the feedback that we hear as players and stuff. Oh, they have too many um, Steelers in, so, you know, this guy won't make it this year. Or there's too many wide receivers up. So instead of putting five wide receivers in, five are up, we'll put in one wide receiver, two linemen, one linebacker. It, it's like that, and, it, and, I, and I don't understand that. I, I say put in the best players, period. It doesn't matter if they all play the same position. Well, ain't that right? You know, the the idea that any, any reasonable-minded uh, football fan over the last quarter century knows that Chris Carter is probably, you know, I, I, well, I don't think probably. I think he is one of the 25 best wide receivers in NFL history. How yeah. is it po- possible? What standard is being applied here? Well, it's, he has to wait his turn. What? What are you talking about? How is he not in the Hall of Fame when his name comes up for the first time? Well, here's the big question, guys. Can you write uh, the history of the game and not mention him? Exactly. Yeah, no is the answer. I love that criteria. Can you write uh, the history of the game and not mention Andre Reid? I mean, they went to four straight Super Bowls. I mean, he was part of the most one of the most explosive offenses in the history of the game, even though they didn't win. I mean, can you write the history of the game without mentioning Tom Flores? There's certain guys that you can write the history of and not mention them. I hear you. And the other thing about uh, NFL history that really stands out when it comes to Tom Flores is that head of hair. What, what was going on there? I like that. <laughs> it was a, he, he had Donald Trump hair before 60, Trump 70, did. You know, you, you know. <laughs> Tom's my guy, though. Tom, uh, 
as a uh, he, he put a lot of faith in me as a uh, as a rookie, and and I'm always indebted to him. So anytime I get a chance to uh, elevate Tom, I'm going to do it. But I think it's uh, when you look at his accomplishment, being the first too, um, being a pioneer, guys. I mean, it, it uh, you know, I think he's done an outstanding job and, and very deserving. Yeah, anything I can do, I, I I agree. Tom Flores should be in the Hall of Fame, and you, you can't do anything. Adam. I can't. I'm, I'm there's nothing you can do. I don't have the the 44 long gold jacket, so I hope somebody who does will go out and and, and carry that flag. So not only let's wait, wait, what are you wearing? Like 52? Uh, come on, Marcus. <laughs> I don't know. I'm asking. Oh, I don't know. so hurtful. He remembers you from our meeting last Apparently year in Canton. Yeah, are you 54 regular. Come on. Man. Oh I don't goodness know. gracious! No, I'm not trying to kill you. Guys. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to find out here. I mean, you know, maybe I can. You know, alter my jacket a little bit, let you wear it. I don't know. He has to go no. to the Husky Man yeah, store. Yeah. I gotta go. I gotta. <laughs> well, so what about uh, you know? We, we're talking a lot of Raiders here, but then you mentioned the Chiefs. I'm correct in saying that uh, when it comes down to rooting for an AFC West team, it's the Chiefs. Yes. Well, listen, I root for guys that I, I know. I mean, I, I, I certainly have the the Raiders have a place in my heart. The Chiefs have a place in my heart. But at the end of the day, I root for guys that mm-hmm. I know. Uh, guys that I possibly play with, like I'm still rooting for Tony Gonzalez. Um, you know, guys that I know and have a personal relationship is who I pull for, and I want them to play their very, very best, and I never want them to play a game that people will look at them and say they were the GOAT. That's the bottom line. What do you think as a guy who played for the Raiders in Los Angeles? What do you think about uh, the rumors, you know, that you hear the Raiders maybe are heading back south? You know, personally, I think as uh, someone who lives in Los Angeles, I don't understand Angelinos who continue to root for the Raiders at this point. I feel like it's sort of like Al Davis and company. L.A. was the was the beautiful mistress, the blonde mistress down south. Well, we became a part of the culture down here. But yeah. then you, but then you abandoned L.A. and you went back to the old ball and chain named Oakland. Now, wouldn't it be weird if you come back down to L.A.? Well, it's like the prodigal son. He's going to come back, hopefully. I see. And do you think that? Do you think that's a realistic possibility? Do you think it's well, the Rams, or who do you think it might be? I look at all the teams that uh, they had rumored to be possibly, uh, you know, coming back to Los Angeles. And to me, the only one that really makes sense would be either the Rams and the Raiders. Mm-hmm because of their history here. Um, I just don't see any other uh, other team. You know, they had talked about, you know, the L.A. Vikings. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it just didn't, you know, sit well with me. It doesn't I mean, sound but, right, but then Lakers in Los Angeles doesn't make any sense either. With, yeah, uh, but anybody who was a fan of the Rams in the 70s would not want the Vikings to come here after how many times they <laughs> kept them out of the Super Bowl. True. <laughs> the purple people leaders, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, and if the so, Viking if the Vikings had a dome in the seventies, I think the Rams would have had a couple of more Super Bowl appearances. But yeah, it seems like the Rams would be the way to go. Yeah, it, it, it just makes sense to me, and I think the Raiders uh, have a huge following uh, nationally, and and in particular in Los Angeles. And I just think for marketing and and a lot of other reasons, I think they would be the ideal fit. But obviously, we have to wait and find out. What do you think about uh, the 2012 AFC West? I think uh, I actually like those Chiefs this year, all the buzz about Peyton Manning. Who do you think uh, gets it done there this year? Well, it, it's all about health. And for Kansas City, they, they need their running back back. I mean, he, he was uh, he was a tremendous loss last year. I mean, he um, coming from the University of Texas and putting up uh, some, some huge numbers and losing him, and that put a lot of pressure on Matt. 
mm-hmm. as a quarterback. And so I think health is always going to be an issue with Kansas City. Can they stay healthy? You know, and the same thing really with um with Oakland. You got McFadden. Um, you know, they're a different team when he's playing. And you know, one of the greatest things uh, that we all have to understand is that you can be a great athlete, but if you're not available, you're not helping your team. So he needs to stay healthy, and I think uh, he changes the whole dynamic of the team when he's healthy, uh, Darren McFadden for well, the Raiders. And speaking of health, of course, the guy who's most buzzed about in that regard is uh, Peyton Manning. From what you've seen, from what you've heard, is you know the the, uh, the last couple of days we've been hearing some stuff about that he hasn't thrown any deep balls yet, no, that, that there's some questions about whether or not he's going to be able to do that. What, what, any insight that you've heard on uh, what's going on there? Uh, no, I'm gonna have to give Tom Jackson a call, and he'll fill me in on everything. But you know, as far as Peyton is concerned, I'm not uh, I'm not the least bit worried about uh, what he's going to do this year. Um, I think they're just taking a cautious approach. But you can, from everything you can tell, I mean, from his, um, his from his interviews, his attitude. I mean, he's ready to play. He's saying all the right things. Um, he wants to. He's a, he's a new leader of that team. Um, and I'm sure John uh, John Elway is very happy at this point and stuff, and I think they're going to be a team that's going to be reckoned with. Remember, they have two young wide receivers that are going to be very good. Um, uh, They have a running game. I think it's going to be much improved uh, because of their ability to pass it now. Uh, And defensively, they were were one of the top defenses in the AFC last year, so – um, I think John has put together a pretty good squad, so I think they're going to be uh, pretty good. But I would not worry about Peyton at all. Yeah, it should be a, an interesting race in that division this year. And uh, speaking of uh, interesting things, what do you think about uh, your Trojans this year coming back from uh, the probation here now? Do you think they're going to make a run at the national crown? I think they will. I think the Trojans, when you look at the team, uh, as far as skilled positions, they're as good as anyone in the country. Very few people talk about the the you know the depth at tight end. Obviously, uh, running back um, with McNeil, I think he's an outstanding player, but they do certainly need some some depth there. And you know we've heard the, the rumors about Silas Red coming from Penn State. Um, they have I think in a very very exciting team, and I think um, this team guys uh, with Matt coming back um, have gelled together. I think they 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 they, they feel I think perhaps victimized. They feel like maybe they were unfairly untreated. And I think this team is coming back with a, a tremendous purpose. And, um, you know, the, there was a group of guys that went to, to Haiti um, and, and did some charity work over there. I mean, so these guys have the right perspective. They understand, you know, what the game's all about, what life's all about. And I think they have a good group of core guys, character guys on that team. Now, defensively, I think uh, we're going to find out with the tear, the pictorial tear of uh, uh, Devin Kennard, if he's, you know, is lost for the season. Uh, that may hurt him there. But I think they have a lot of, you know, a lot of young, exciting players. And defensively, I think they're going to be better than most people think. Well, the great Marcus Allen, like I say, one of uh, the all-time NFL legends. But a modest fella, and here's how I know. Last year when we talked to him over in Canton, he uh, I asked him, why not? Uh, why didn't you claim the number 33 when you went to the Raiders? And he said, because Kenny King already had it. Most prima donnas would have insisted upon it. You just won the Heisman <laughs> Trophy. I want my 33. You know, here's uh, I'll take you out to dinner, Kenny King, but not you. You're a good fella. I like that about well, you, Marcus Well, I appreciate Allen. that, guys, but the alternative was pretty sweet, too, because number 32 was worn by Jack Tatum. 
Oh, and yeah. I always admired him. So, you know, and I, then I looked at also the history of great runners that won, that wore that number. And I said, well, hey, this is not bad. Hopkins yeah, not bad for a running back to take number yeah. 32. All right. Well, Marcus Allen, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the 50th anniversary book uh, available now. And uh, you and I will rub elbows in Canton and I'll bum that gold jacket off you and, <laughs> and we'll, uh, and we'll uh, make jokes about rank behind his back. All right. I look forward to seeing you in Canton and thanks for the time. You guys got it. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Thanks, Marcus. Bye. David All right, good guy that Marcus Allen. Dang, I don't have I want to get through this list of the water polo names, the new names for water polo, and I think that in fact the organizers of water polo the sport should really be calling us up and asking us for this because we're only trying to promote their fine sport. People on Twitter hit me up at Damashek and uh, there's at Adam Rank if you want to drop us a line and uh, we'll get to that next week when I return from uh, Canton, Ohio. Meantime, let's just wrap things up here. With uh, number 82, we honored the episode number with the player who wore it best. Who wore 82, Rank? Really? Are you going to make me select a number of people who are who wore number 82? Only okay, for we you can to just, just give it to John Stallworth. Well, like, listen, we're talking Hall chase. of Famers. Let's get to, let's get to John Stallworth then. All right, Super Bowl hero. Who else though? I'm Raymond Barry. Raymond Barry. Uh, Ozzie Newsome wore number 82. Sure. No Super Bowl rings for him. No Super Bowl rings, no. But considered. Uh, the argument in the 80s was who was the better tight end? Was it Ozzie Newsom or was it Kellen Winslow? Yep, yep. That was uh, at the time, yeah. And uh, I believe the pass uh, that Brian Sype, was, that was intended. Yeah, it was for Ozzie Newsom in Red 19, right, 88. 1980. When the, the 1980 uh, uh, divisional playoffs. Also, you know what, Ozzie Newsom, it always, I don't know how I would look at it if I was a Cleveland fan that he moved with the team when they went to Baltimore. I'll tell and you how, I, how I'd look I at it. I wouldn't like it. it. And now the Cleveland Browns are uh, perhaps going to be purchased by a man who says that he is one. Th- he's a minority owner of the Steelers currently, and he li- and he ranks himself as one thousand percent Steeler fan. And that now he's going to own the Browns. The, the the owner should vote that. We I completely agree. I I if I were yes, listen. How can't you look around a little bit before you What's, let the guy, this guy, buy the team? Isn't FedEx wrong. is FedEx based out of Columbus? Am I thinking what? No, there's, Memphis. There's okay. a there's a big company. There's a there's a number of big companies that are based out of Columbus. Ohio. They make mustard there. I know that. Columbus. Yeah, and Cleveland. I know. They I know make it's mustard, like Cleveland, but somebody there's got to be a company in Ohio. There's got to be enough industrialists in Ohio. Who can buy the Browns and not a Steelers fan? I believe the uh, tattoo industry is is loaded with money in Columbus because they could just give away free tattoos, from what <laughs> I hear. So they must be overflowing yes. with loot. Why don't they just buy the Browns? All right, black ties once again going crazy behind the glass saying, wrap it up, wrap it up. So I guess we'll do it. It's his show after all. We'll do it. Oh. We'll be back with, uh, with a new episode for you on the other side of my trip to Canton. In the meantime, thanks to Marcus Allen, thanks to Adam Rank, and thanks to Black Tie, and thanks to you. We'll be back with more hooey and applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. 
and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 